0: Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. This is the video in which each week we sit down and we discuss a little bit deeper, a little bit further on uh, Sunday's sermon here at Whitefields Community Church. We're in Longmont, Colorado. And if you uh, haven't yet done so, we'd love it if you'd follow us online. Go follow us on your favorite podcast, App, uh, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google now has a podcast platform as well. Um, There's a lot of good ones out there. We're on Spotify. Follow us online, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. We'd love to connect with you in all those places. If you haven't yet listened to this week's sermon, go back and listen to it on our website, WhitefieldsChurch.com, or you can listen to it on the Whitefields Community Church Podcast, or you can watch it on YouTube. It's also a good place to do that. Well, here today, I'm kicking us off because Pastor Michael Payne, who's here with me today, he taught this past Sunday. And Mike, this was the end of our series called The Risen Life. In this series, we were looking at the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus and what they tell us about what it means for us to live the new life in Christ, the resurrected life. And we finished this series with Jesus' kind of last physical act here on earth, which is his ascension into heaven. And earlier in the week, prior to the sermon, you and I talked a lot about this idea that you know neither of us had really, I guess it, you just take the ascension, at least I always did, as just a matter of fact. Okay, yeah, and then he ascended into heaven. It's in all the creeds, but why is it important? Is it important and what does it mean? And you, you said that there are actually some very important things that it means. So maybe you could just summarize those real quickly.
1: Well, you know, as we, we talked about on Sunday, I think one of the most important things is just, it kind of highlights all that has gone before. So it's kind of like, as we talked about, it's a story starting with the incarnation, Jesus being born, emptying himself, becoming a man, becoming one of us. And then it's culminated in the ascension. And between that, we have, you know, the crucifixion and resurrection. And, and I, I kind of try to point out on Sunday that it's kind of like that exclamation point at the end of it is finished. It's just like... As as Jesus goes and is seated at the right hand of the Father and sits down, it says there in Hebrews, as he as he made a sacrifice once and for all for all men, he sat down. It's just like that idea that this is finished. He's mm. resting. And the ascension is it just kind of you know, it's I don't know if you say it's the cherry on the top, it's the but it kind of I think it just it it points you back to all those things that have come and says, This is all true and this is why it's all true and you know your salvation is is done and it's paid for and bought it is finished and I'm Jesus has sat down, so I think that's why it's important. I just I think it's a great great perspective to put, you know, to look back at all that Jesus has accomplished, and then you you know just the, you see him there. It's that picture of him sit, seated at the right hand of the Father. It's finished. He's 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 at rest. So we should be at rest in the salvation that He bought for us.
0: And yet the work of God continues on. I think this is what's interesting that the Book of Acts begins with this phrase. It says in my previous volume, because Luke, right, Luke was volume one and Acts is volume two written by the same person, meant to be two volumes, one story in two volumes. Um, Luke begins Acts by saying, in my previous volume, if you will, Theophilus, I told you about all the things that Jesus began to do. And I love that phrase, began, because it means, it implies that Jesus' work is not finished. It isn't just, hey, here's the stuff that Jesus did. It's here's the stuff that Jesus began to do, and he's still doing that. And as you pointed out on Sunday, that's part of the significance of the ascension, is that Jesus now continues his work, but he continues it from the right hand of the Father, managing or directing, empowering the mission of God through the church on the earth, from his exalted place.
1: Yeah, and I, I think I, all week I was trying to find some kind of witty way of putting that, that the end of Jesus' mission is the beginning of our mission. You know, it's almost like that. It's a launching pad, you know, um, for, for what God wants to accomplish through all of us. I didn't come up with any kind of witty <laughs> witty way of saying it. But basically, that's, as you said, his ascension means that the Holy Spirit is now, here and released on the earth. And as Jesus told his disciples, you are going to do greater things than I did. And and you're going to do the same things I did and even more and even greater. And and I'm sure they did not understand that. And, and, but they finally, you know, as you go through the book of Acts, you know, that's what it is. The works of the Holy Spirit is in and through the disciples, you know, and by the end of the book of Acts that the gospel has been spread, mm-hmm. you know, into the known world.
0: Okay, so for a question, Uh, One of the things we discussed, it didn't make it into the sermon, but you and I were discussing last week, was just the idea that, you know, some commentators, if you want to get really technical, then you would have to say that Jesus' ascension into heaven was kind of his second ascension, if you will. It was his physical ascension as opposed to a spiritual ascension. Maybe you could talk about that. It's basically a question of what did Jesus do during those three days that he was in the grave? Um, Now clearly his body stayed put, Mm -hmm. but what about his soul? What was happening during those three days?
1: Well, you know, scripture seems to to point out that he was busy during those 3 days, you know, whether is going down and, and preaching, you know, as it says leading the captives free, I can't remember the scripture reference right now, but and then preaching to those that were in Sheol, you know, to their their condemnation. And then of course it says he went and sprinkled it says there's a reference sprinkled his blood upon the altar on our behalf in in heaven as well. So, you know, there's these these pictures of him accomplishing what he had set out to do in this spirit during that time before he resurrected. And and um, and I and many of the commentators, a lot of the old church, you know, the resurrection, the ascension, you know, um, there's a lot of similar um, talk about when, when it happened. And, you know, those things kind of get interchanged a little bit sometimes with, was this his spiritual ascension? Was this his physical ascension? And so, yeah, I really like to d- dig down deep into that, um, but, yeah, that's kind of what Scripture does point out, that there obviously was a spiritual ascension as well during that three days, you know. Yeah, so
0: that's in Ephesians chapter 4. It says, you know, he who ascended also descended and led captives in his train. And so that is also mentioned in the Apostles' Creed, right, that Jesus died and then he was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into the depths, and then he rose again. But what happened during that time, he ascends into, descends into the depths. Those who died in faith, waiting for the redemption of the Messiah, he then led to the presence of God. So in that sense, yes, he there's a spiritual ascension that takes place, but this is a physical ascension. Now, that's important, though, because the angels, or the men in white robes, we assume that they're Mm -hmm. angels, they say to the disciples, they say, just as you saw him go up, you will see him return. And that means that his return will be a physical return. And that's something you pointed out.
1: Yeah, and I think it was also very important for the disciples, you know, as I pointed out in John chapter 14 through 16, Jesus is having this conversation, heart-to-heart conversation about what is going to happen to him. And many times he's saying, I'm going to go I'm, the crisis need to suffer and these are for you this is for your benefit but I'm gonna send in helper and and what it says there I think in chapter 16 it says when you see me go up when you see these things happen you will rejoice and so I think it was very important for the disciples as well as they as to watch him physically ascend because you see their reaction at the end of Luke they go rejoicing and they go to the temple and worship and blessing the lord and and exactly as jesus had told them in in john when you see me go up you know you are going to rejoice because suddenly all the conversations that he had with them made complete sense mm-hmm. and all that he had talked about made complete sense and you can see the the their reaction as the book of acts as the works of the holy spirit that they now understood what their mission was and it was from that watching him ascend physically
0: yeah i mean it's, it's so funny right like in acts chapter 1 verse 6 right they say okay jesus so now that you got that whole dying and resurrecting thing out of your system right it's almost like like they figured that that was like a side mission that jesus went yeah. on and now back to the real thing which is kicking out the romans and jesus is like no 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 you guys still don't get it this is the mission, and I'm going to be ruling and reigning from heaven. I'm going to be directing and empowering from there. And uh, now now it seems that it kind of clicked. Clicked, totally, yeah.
1: yeah. They got the mission. They kind of finally understood what what it is that Jesus was calling them to. Yeah, Yeah. totally.
0: But, you know, they might have been freaked out, watching Jesus ascend into heaven and wondering, okay, now are we left to ourselves? And that kind of leads us into... What we're talking about this Sunday, mm. and in our new series that's starting, maybe you could explain that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the the ascension and the the mission that we are on, and what Jesus says in in, in verse eight of, of chapter of chapter one of uh, Acts, he says, "I'm sending my Holy Spirit uh, to empower you for what I've called you to do," and that's what we're getting into for the next few weeks is the spirit-filled life. And we're going just going to be looking at who is the Holy Spirit and all the kind of the, the prepositional relationships that we have with the Holy Spirit. And we've been in the risen life, but we, we our risen life is not on our own power. It's powered by the the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living in us, in, in, living in us, empowering us. And we're going to look at all those different things and really dive deep into what is probably one of the most important subjects for us going forward.
0: Yeah. I mean, the Holy Spirit is the person of the triune God with whom we interact most directly now. And, and of course by design and Jesus had said, you know, don't be worried. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You know, where I'm going, I'm going to prepare a place for you, but I'm not going to leave you as orphans until that time. I am going to leave and the helper is going to come. I'm going to send the helper to you. And that helper, he says, he's going to do a lot of things for you. He's going to teach you. He's going to remind you. He's going to lead you and guide you. And he's going to empower you. And that's, that's what we get to live in right now is that place. And, uh, and that Jesus told us that that's a good place to be. Like it was, it was good for those who got to see him in person, but it's perhaps better for us now oh, yeah. who get to have the promised helper, the paraclete, right? The one mm-hmm. who's sent alongside us to help us. So that's what we're going to be talking about starting this Sunday. This Sunday, we're going to be looking at the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. Then we'll talk about the work of the Holy Spirit and life of a believer. We'll talk about what it means to walk in the spirit. We're going to talk about the gifts of the spirit. We're going to talk about the fruits of the spirit. It's going to be good. I uh, I think we have a lot to cover. We do, but it's going to be just <laughs> yeah. really rich and yeah. and I hope also very helpful for people. Yeah,
1: yeah I think I hope it's going to be a springboard you start. You know, for a lot of people to f- finally live in the risen life. You maybe they've been trying to live in their flesh. You know, thing, and and when you have this resource available to you, you have the Holy Spirit who says, I will lead you forward. I will will bring to your remembrance those things that, you know, you need to know and all, you know, and so this is, I just pray this is going to be a great time for people to finally come alive in the things of the Lord. Yeah.
0: Hey, so glad that you listened in and watched us today. Again, if you haven't yet done so, go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to our podcast. That'll make sure that any new video content that we put out or audio content gets delivered directly to your devices. And you're able to to make sure you keep up with us. So go like us on um Or go follow us on YouTube. Go follow us on your podcast app. If you could do us a favor and rate us and review us on your favorite podcast app, that would be great, especially on Apple Podcasts, because that definitely boosts us in their algorithm, helps more people discover this content. And um, if you've been blessed by it, hopefully you'll share it with somebody else so they can be blessed and encouraged too. Uh, follow us on our website as well, whitefieldschurch.com. And we look forward to kicking off this new series with you very soon. God bless.